The time is 2311, June the 25th. Interview with subject 101B in the green room. And what did they do then? They made it so the room was warm and very humid. They stripped me and shaved me and put a kind of gel or an ointment on the skin above my eyelids. When I closed them, I could, I could see images from strangers' birthday parties. How did you feel at this time? I felt bad. I felt afraid. Yes? Yes, I felt bad. I felt afraid. Do you have any idea what they wanted from you? They wanted nothing from me. They tied me to a kind of reclining chair and stuck a dowel all the way into my forehead. I didn't feel any sort of pain, but I knew it was in there and that I couldn't take it out. This was uncomfortable for you. It was very uncomfortable for me. Naturally, I wanted for this not to have happened. What did they ask you about at that moment? They wanted to see Kathleen Turner. But President Turner has been dead for 600 years. I know, they, they didn't, they weren't very happy about that. Jim Brigsby. Today on Forbidden History of the Lost Ancients, I'm going to answer a letter from longtime listener June Forsberry. June writes, Dear Jim, can you tell me about boats? Well, June, I certainly can. Perhaps more than any other country, America has enjoyed a torrid, sticky love affair with ships and other watercraft. The sentiment is most movingly summated by America's foremost wordsmith, Mark Twain, who, while dying, whispered to those present, My dick is as hard and wet as a great big steamboat. Photography completely changed America's boat lust, though technical limitations made it difficult to capture the magic of man and ship copulating. One exasperated photographer operating out of a CD shack off the coast of Port Huron in the late 1890s famously shouted to a patron, Sir, I know you're really enjoying being fucked by this boat, but I need you to stay perfectly still, or else it will be blurry. Yeah, I had a tontine with Michael Jackson, and now look who owns Obladeobladda. Advent of ocean-going liners only stoked the lusty fires of the nautical enthusiast like so many burly, sweating men in coal-filled boiler rooms. An American journalist visiting the shipyards of Ireland famously wrote of the doomed Titanic, Her smokestacks gleam like a line of jaunty, sauntering nudes above a rigidly geometric design that, while aesthetically dull, is a thrill to this reporter's virile sensibilities. I want to fuck the Titanic, he said and it's totally straight. Perhaps this unnamed and insecure reporter had its wish, as the logbook of the Titanic showed an unusual series of commands during its sea trials. All ahead full, all stop, full reverse, all stop, all ahead full, all stop, full reverse, and so on, for hours. 
Sadly, the intervening years of war and technological progress have taken the stately sexual activity of men and ships and replaced it with tawdry, brief encounters between mustachioed seamen and fiberglass cigarette boats. But the spirit of American ship sex lives on in the erotic blast of the foghorn, the suggestive song of the calliope, and the throbbing, rhythmic roar of the jet ski. The next time you see a blonde, mulleted man bounding over Lake Erie, letting every jolt and jump whip through his body like a wave of pleasure, remember that the smile on his face has been shared by great Americans for centuries. Thanks for listening, and remember, the past is a foreign country. Carry your wallet in your front pocket. How does the horse eat corn? How does the horse eat corn? How does the horse eat corn? No! My name is and I used to be a normal teen just like you. I had a family, close friends, favorite video game titles, and several copies of the movie Houseboat starring Cary Grant and Sophia Loren on VHS. Just a good old American boy. Of course, this all changed one day when I started hanging with the wrong crowd, using some recreational drugs, and soon finding myself needing an even more intense high in my life. This was when I was introduced into the world of tilting at windmills. Sure, it starts off innocent. You and some friends get together and start running each other at the side of abandoned farms with wheelbarrows, holding brooms like lances. You love it. You get that rush of adrenaline, you touch the face of God, and get a mad case of the hornies in your genitals. But soon it's not enough. You're in too deep. I got to the point where I was going through four horses a week. I fenced my family's computer to buy a full suit of plate mail and before I knew it, I was spending more time slamming my body against windmills than actually spending time sober awake. I knew I had reached my low point when I woke up one day naked at our local mini golf course, the No Putts About It Fun Center, lying on top of a miniature windmill covered in blood with the words Cry For Me Sancho Panza tattooed on my chest. I knew it was time to sober up and start my path of recovery. It wasn't easy either. Every day was a struggle and an effort to rebuild myself into the dirty, sexy teen I once was. So the next time someone asks you to windmill party, you tell them, Donkey No Way. This episode of Brian Weekly was written and performed by Chris Schock, Michael Arthur, Max Eddy, Kathy Fisher, and Brandon Kirkman, with music by Michael Arthur. Brian Weekly does not in any way endorse sexual relations with boats. I mean, unless the boat's, like, really cute. We do, however, endorse you rating this podcast on iTunes and following us on Twitter, at Brian Weekly.